0: Food Tech Stars, powered by ACT Food Tech. Israel is home to one of the most vibrant, forward-thinking food tech ecosystems in the world, which makes it a desirable innovation hub. In this podcast, we speak to the people driving the future of food. Researchers, entrepreneurs, and venture capital investors. Welcome to Food Tech Stars, with Karma Oren and Merov Oren, co founders at ACT
1: Food Tech. Online, on Smart Speakers, and on Listen Again. This is Food FM.
2: We are Carmi Oren and Merov Oren, co founders at ACT Foodtech, and at this Foodtech Star series, where we are talking to the most interesting people in the foodtech ecosystem and hearing from them about their thoughts, ideas, passions, and most important, about their journey. And today, we're excited to host Nadav Berger. Born into a family that has manufactured food for three generations, Nadav Berger has been surrounded by the food industry his whole life. Since then, he has served as a prominent figure in the food world. In 2008, Berger co-founded FoodLab, a food applications lab focused on innovation and development of our food systems. In order to fund the innovations emerging in the food industry, Berger developed one of the first food tech VCs, FoodLab Capital.
1: Burger is a co-founder and a managing partner at Pickbridge Partners, a fund manager which manages multiple food tech funds. Pickbridge manages FoodSparks, European first seed stage fund for food tech with collaboration with the EIT Food. Alongside of that, Pickbridge has created and manages Nutrition Europe and Nutrition US funds, which invest in later stage globally. Among its portfolio, you'd find Nix, Testwise, UCO, BWater, Phenexus, Ewe Health, and more.
2: So, Nadav, we know each other for I think over twenty years, and you are definitely one of the veterans of uh, the food tech ecosystem here. What can you tell us about your this activity now at Peak Bridge Ventures?
0: So the story about uh, Peak Bridge is uh, quite simple. Uh, Peak Bridge was created by all uh, food and venturing people. So most of us are food people, and uh, our lesson in our I would say decades of of, of, uh, experience was that if you want to be investing in food and you want to be successful, it's not necessarily has to do with the uh, deploying of money and investing money. We look at ourselves as the bridge helping the entrepreneurs get to the peak and then from one peak to another. And in order to do that, you need to understand deeply and uh, intimately, I would say, uh, the food industry, the supply chain, the value chain, the, the regulation, the hurdles, uh, and this comes even before deploying money. PickBridge is quite an amazing uh, adventure for us. I co-founded PickBridge together with my business partner, Eric Sieber, Swiss. By the way, exceptional combination of Swiss-Israeli. is And Eric um, has made his career within Nestle, and then he joined as the first recruit of the Nestle Corporate Fund, which, start, which started in 2000. So he's been managing the Nestle $800 million fund for 18 years, and uh, amazing journey. They saw 8,000 deals, they did 43, he was on the board of 18, managed the uh, Swiss office, the New Zealand office. So we found ourselves uh, actually on the same, I would say so much in common because both of us grew up in the food industry and raised and managed funds before creating PigBridge. So we truly enjoyed the journey.
1: Amazing. Uh, So I wanna start and ask you about, uh, we're just post-COVID, we saw that yesterday, Uh, but COVID-19 has highlighted how fragile our food system can be. And technology has in many ways proven to be the answer for tackling many pressing issues. So how do you see this future from your perspective?
0: Well, I think that COVID has speeded up many uh, things that were there beforehand, but now it's happening uh, uh, to a greater extent and, and much more rapidly. First. Is the true notion that all of us understand that there is a direct link between what we eat and how uh, how we feel and our health. And the Rambam, the greatest ever Jewish scholar, said in the 12th century, he said the food nutrition is the core causes of all illnesses and diseases. So we are what we eat, and and I think that COVID has shown us that. People with, um, with things like diabetes and overweight and obesity, they, they find it um, much more harder to cope with COVID. Uh, 40% of the cases of death cases in the, in the UK were people with, with either obese or diabetes. So, and it comes from our food. So COVID brought up the idea of nutrition and great health into the front page, meaning we have to make sure that we know what we eat and, and consume food. Uh, uh, more consciously, I would say. The second thing that I think that COVID has created and speeded up is the digitization of all the supply chain. Uh, everything is becoming uh, digital. Let me give you an idea that I just read this morning uh, about another industry and think about how you can purchase cars when, at COVID times where all the showrooms are, are closed. So one of the greatest uh, Israeli success of um, the Unicorn now was a company that actually allowed the platform of online uh ordering and buying cars used cars not uh new cars and they went public and they're in the multi uh multi unicorn by now so we brought to the front page the uh uh the uh, digital re- revolution in how we consume food we order food uh, many people started to buy food online instead of going to the supermarkets because we couldn't couldn't go to the supermarkets and second, if you look at please uh, at, at our building at lunchtime, you would see hundreds of uh, Walt uh, uh, people bringing foods to people. So it's it made everything um, uh, speed up uh, when people are using platforms to consume food and and, uh, and and order food. And thirdly, I think that even profoundly, it's completely changed the supply chain and and the global supply chain. And this has to do to governments, governments, people, food manufacturers, suppliers. So from the upstream to the downstream, COVID has showed us that we cannot get supply. We cannot get ingredients to our food manufacturers. Look at the uh, Sovereign Fund of the UAE. The Sovereign Fund of the UAE actually bought the majority in Louis-Dreyfus Company, which is one of the four leading uh, uh, companies in the world supplying raw materials. So the government of the UAE wanted to make sure that their people will have food, so they actually bought one of the largest suppliers of ingredients to our industry. And we can witness now, now globally the increase in, say in, uh, in prices of food. It's only because we can't get the, the, uh, the ingredients. So prices are going up. And, and this is horrific, by the way. Mm-hmm. If you can remember, the uh, Arab Spring uh, started in Egypt. didn't start because of... Uh, a great democracy uh, in, in Egypt, and we repeated that, but actually the cause for people going out to the streets were the prices of, of wheat in Ukraine. They just couldn't get enough uh, uh, um, wheat to, to make their pitas, and they went to the streets, and they wanted to change things, and um, they were hungry. So when we can't get supply, when prices increase, this is a threat to stability and to regimes, and we have to pay attention to that.
1: So it means like food security is not longer like a title, but it's actually happening. And in companies and, of course, countries uh, around the world are now very much focused on food security as well. Totally. Uh,
2: you know, last night, speaking of last night at the event, I met their Shiri from Duma Talk. And Duma Talk is, uh, I think, one of the first, if not the first startup that you've invested in. Very uh, amazing one, I must say. Thinking of sugar reduction, alternative protein, of course, and all that. How do you see what are the trends shaping the European food industry today?
0: Well, Europe is a complicated story. (laughs) So I don't know how to answer this because I have so much to say. On one hand, if you look at the the greatest food companies, they come from Europe. Nestlé, which is the largest food company, is Swiss. Danone is uh, French, uh, and so forth. So the industry is there. We believe that actually academia is at at its best in Europe. If you look at uh, EPFL, EPH Zurich, uh, Fraunhofer from Germany, uh, Aarhus from Denmark and so forth, Technion from Israel, of course. So the top top academia uh, is actually based in Europe. But what we found, and this is part of our secret sauce, don't tell anyone, is we love to invest in Europe, but then we think that we have to take it to the US or to other markets. Because we, we think that still Europe is uh, underappreciated and, and uh, undervalued. So you can find really gems, which we did uh, like uh, with our uh, investment techniques out of Sweden, that we helped them to get to the U.S. market. So you create actually a positive arbitrage by finding those jewels, gems, in Europe and helping them to get to exciting uh, different consumer-oriented geographies. Now, not everything is bright in Europe. The, the two main problems in Europe I would say and uh, sometimes it's very frustrating is I hope I won't be killed for that but bureaucracy is killing Europe uh, it took us three and a half years to get on the road with our seed stage fund together with EIT Food so three and a half years in forming a seed stage fund uh, we did the That's same crazy. in the US within two two months so bureaucracy is, is killing Europe, sorry for not being politically correct and I think that Europe uh, is not uh, manage to work together as, as I would, we call it in Israel, as a tribe. So uh, not as a real European Union and help each other because it's still very diverse. So the French like to do business in France. A typical French entrepreneur will go to France from one district to another and then he will go to the Francophone cities, uh, countries and so will go to probably Belgium, Belgium and so forth. It's still very diverse and, and uh, uh, not working as, as, as one team excluding one initiative, which is probably the most powerful initiative in the world, and this is the EIT Food. So the EIT Food, which is part of Horizon 2030 now, is a 1.6 billion euros uh, project, uh, which um, is is led by the top corporates and academia in Europe, and they're doing amazing things to promote innovation Uh, in food in Europe in the next seven years.
1: So, um, the investment landscape, as you say, across the value chain is changing. Where previously the most disruptive technologies were concentrated on agriculture and delivery, now there's a focus on transformation, as you mentioned, which represents the middle of the value chain. So, what can you tell us about this shift?
0: Actually, I think this is a brilliant uh, question. I think that... um, uh, if you look at the value chain of the food, it starts at the field, actually at the quality of the soil, and it gets to your uh, espresso machine. So in between, it's almost unlimited. And at the beginning of the industry, or I would say the uh, when, when people started to look at investing in food and ag, it started at the extremes, as you said. People could understand agriculture. They said, we have to go to the source. and And there is a lesson there, I will tell you in a second. And then people went to the... The other extreme, which is mainly delivery systems, it's very easy to understand, people want to order, let's have a software that helps them, enables them to to get what they want, and this is a more techie, in terms of software, SaaS, techie business. So we understand it. We know how we can create value. We know how we can take it listed and so forth. So most of the money invested in food tech was actually much more in the tech than in the food. So in platforms and online ordering and stuff, which by the way, it's not my my thing at all. And on the other extreme is the agriculture uh, business. When the lesson learned there is that you can't really make a return. So I cannot recall many unicorns or great successes that that started in the agriculture space. And why is that? Because it takes long, long time to to show results. Uh, It's a seasonal business. So you have to wait for new crops uh, twice a year, once a year to show results. So it's just the, the horizon is too slow, it's too long. And this is why I think that agriculture is a complicated play. Now, there are funds, experts and great people that know how to do that. We decided... Uh, not to invest in in agriculture at all, Uh, but mainly because we are all food people. So uh, we think that it's it's a complicated for professional-only Like Now, what's happening in between, I think that the industry is maturing. So people understood that in between, there is a blue ocean of opportunities that uh, and, and by the way, problems that we have to tackle. So the revolution, the main force, started with alternative proteins. So people understood the impact of consuming meat, costs, and that we have to change that. So people went into alternative proteins and now probably I can name five to 10 dedicated funds investing in alternative protein. And also the greatest story, uh, the greatest stories of successes in the food tech industry came from the alternative proteins. So we all know Beyond Meat, which went public and we all know Impossible Foods, which is private, but probably at the unicorn level, uh, Perfect Day, which is doing the same alternative food and dairies and so forth. So people could understand and emphasize uh, on the alternative products, but there is just so much to fix and so much to heal and so much to bring. Uh, and normally what I say about the food industry is that, coming from the food industry, so I, I could be a bit uh, provocative here, is I truly believe that the industry is so conservative to the extreme of even primitive that almost whatever we bring to the table helps us to reshape it and, and, and create great uh, development. So, we at Pickridge Nutrition, we have decided to emphasize on, emphasize on three buckets of investment. So we invest only in the digital uh, transformation. Uh, we invest in biotech because, again, look at what uh, biotech did to the uh, to the uh, corona and the vaccines. So now with biotech, we can do stuff that were unheard of, you know, a decade ago. And the third one, we invest in food because we think that we have to invest in food, but we invest only in novel food, in new foods. And for us, this is mean that we invest in foods that has proprietary technology, IP, something that we can defend. We will not invest in new brands with no uh, IP. So a lot to fix, unlimited opportunities. And the more people getting into this exciting industry, the, the merrier. So welcome.
2: Going back a bit to Europe, the European landscape is a key region for unicorns, being the home to food tech unicorns, which are now worth them combined of 92 billion euros the third generation of unicorns is now entering an extremely dynamic scene with increasing momentum and support from investors and VCs. Can you give us a few examples of that?
0: Well, in the domains that we invest, I'm not familiar with many uh, European unicorns. I think it's most of the unicorns are actually from the U.S. Uh, but uh, I think that what is exciting is that we're starting to see some unicorns emerging out of Europe. Um, so I think that the, the unicorns that you might maybe uh, mention are, are the deliveries Companies that started uh, maybe in Europe and the U.S., mm-hmm. uh, but uh, for pure food tech, uh, I cannot recall many uh, unicorns coming out of uh, of Europe. Uh, the one that is uh, worth men- mentioning is is a new one, and this is Oatly, which came out of Sweden. Uh, we're privileged to co-invest with one of the main backers of Oatly, so we know the history from from almost uh, day one. Uh, so Oatly started as, uh, in Sweden, uh, which is, uh, they have the heritage of using oats, and some great people uh, decided to do drinks based on oats. Took them some time, they had to change uh, um, uh, management, but eventually they went uh, listed, I think last month, uh, for over 10 billion. Uh, and this is, I think, the first European food tech, as we see food tech, that actually uh, went public and became a unicorn. After we heard about the... Uh, the uh, uh, impossible, the beyond, the perfect, and so forth, all those companies that are typical American and uh, very easy, or the ramp up to go to Unicorn was easier for them. I suspect that we're going to see a few more unicorns coming out of Europe, but at the end of the day, again, back to my uh, the way we look at it, we think that it has to be, they want to be a unicorn which sells and operates only in Europe. It should be a company that goes from Europe beyond. So Europe to the US, Europe to Asia, Europe to other places. But again, to my point, the science and uh, in general, people in Europe are top notch.
1: How about Israeli unicorns?
0: I think that Israel will grow some unicorns in the food tech space. I think that uh, the one company that, uh, if God's will, I mean, finger crossed, will be the first one, hopefully, will be Aleph Farm from the kitchen hub. I think that they're ahead of the market in whatever they do. And unfortunately, we, we have not invested, but again, um, I'm very happy to uh, spread the rumor, uh, and uh, I think that Aleph will be there. I think that Ukko will be there. Uko is just had a coffee this morning with Anat, the founder. Uko found the epitodes, the tiny, tiny particle of the proteins that activates our immune system to what we call uh, allergy. So imagine bread, croissant, pita, pasta, full of gluten, the same thing, everything is regular. But uh, uh, something very, very tiny which cannot feel or see makes it safe for people with uh, celiac. So uh, I think that this will have a huge impact on humanity, nutrition, and probably will be a unicorn. But again, finger crossed.
2: Wow. I
0: think that uh, we have a couple of other opportunities. And again, the lesson maybe learned from this is we have to look at the size of the problem, the size of the obstacles that we want to solve. So. If Aleph can can solve the issue of of meat, if Uko can solve the issue of allergies, if Dumatok can solve the issue of sugar overdose, big problems bring opportunities to to great solutions. Israel is doing okay, I think.
1: Yeah, I agree. So I want to take you back to Europe, and I want to ask you, uh, there's a second uh, fast-raising trend in the food industry in Europe, which is focused on the production of new ingredients, so-called future foods. So 70% of these 566 million raised in the next generation foods in 2020 was raised by alternative protein startups. So what can you, are you actually expecting in investment compared to the past year?
0: Again, interesting question. Um, If you look at the geographies, the big brands for alternative proteins will come from the US. So Tyson will have theirs, Cargill will have theirs alongside of the impossible and Beyond. But the way we look at it is we think that those great, amazing brands and what is amazing about those brands is that they brought the issue to the front page. Personally, uh, you know, I prefer not to eat meat rather to eat uh, alternative, but I think that it's a great solution. And he brought to the attention of the people that we have to do something different. Now, I would call those companies, and, and great, my, my deepest appreciation, I would call them meat alternative uh, points or Um, 0.1, and I think that what we deserve now is to get to uh, 0.2, the next generation of the meat alternative. And we have to have those alternatives with uh, uh, less processed foods, with fewer ingredients. If you look at the list of ingredients in those products, it's it's a bit scary. So on one hand, we consume meat alternative, yes, great, we save the planet or contribute to saving the planet, but on the other hand, we're uh, using um, uh, processed foods your question I think that the next people understand that and they understand that we have to bring new ingredients that will help those brands to make their products healthier cleaner with fewer ingredients and it has to do with um, how it looks and how it feels and how it tastes and uh, and those are smart ingredients which personally I think will come either from algae or from fungi or from other sources which have not been explored yet, at least enough. So Europe will concentrate, I think, on bringing new technologies, new ingredients that will support the big brands in in making their product uh, cleaner, healthier, and simpler.
1: And you probably are open to see new deal flow, right?
0: Well, sorry for not being humble here, but uh, thank God uh, deal flow is not, it's the latest of our... Um, no, no,
1: we but, want just to make sure that people can just approach you and, and startups can meet you and that the, and your doors are open to new startups, that's it.
0: So I don't think that my door is open because actually I don't have a door, you know.
1: Ah, okay, this is great. <laughs> but, but, I,
0: I, you so, know me, uh, I mean, and, and uh, Nirav knows me for, for decades. I I like people, so uh, I see an opportunity in getting to know more people and I'm excited by uh, getting to know people. So. Uh, very open to whomever wants to get in touch.
2: Yeah, so thank you. On a last personal note question, speaking of people and food and everything, where do you see yourself in 10 years?
0: There there is one topic that I want to add to this uh, question, and this is um, our personal contribution in the next 10 years to to our planet and and people. I have three daughters, Eric has two, Yonick Lickman, who works with us, has three daughters, uh, by the way, all daughters. So... We have to start and be conscious about uh, what we leave to them and, and, uh, and uh, what do we do different. So you know, raising and managing funds and making great returns to our LPs and ourselves, this is great and it's important it's a proof of, of your success and so forth. But what can we do to do something better for our planet and, and people? By the way, it's part of our uh, DNA. We, we look very thoroughly at any uh, opportunities that we see and we evaluate what, it, what would be the ESG, the impact how will, this will influence uh, what we do and try to leave a better world to our daughters? So, in the next 10 years, uh, my intention is to do, if God's uh, let me, uh, more of what I do now. I can't be happier than God. So, uh, my intention is to create uh, multiple funds on a local basis. We're forming now our US, let's call it Food Sparks for a second. So, it's seed stage one in the US, and then probably will follow LATAM uh, and some other places. In the next few years, hopefully, uh, we'll have multiple funds locally which will source great opportunities because at the the end of the day, great opportunities start locally and then you want to have the ability to further invest and take them to the rounds B, C and beyond. And this we have now with our nutrition fund. So this is, we tick the box, thank God, so it looks amazing. But uh, my main focus will be on a local basis, creating hubs that can invest. locally at seed stage and, uh, and uh, nourish uh, uh, great opportunities that we can uh, take globally. Lastly, maybe if you ask on a personal basis, um, I'm surrounded by exceptional people that I thank whomever needs to be thanked every morning that I'm privileged to work with. So people that are p- part of Pickbridge like Ellen DeBrander, who's the Senior Vice President of uh, PepsiCo, Howard Shapiro from Davis and uh, I think the smartest people um, in the food space are getting on board and involved in in the food tech space through Pickridge, and I feel humbled and privileged to work with them, and I learn every day. So it's an exciting journey.
1: Amazing. And so um, we'll be happy to continue and collaborate and find ways that we can uh, work together to create this future and, and, you know, to attach to your journey and to the way uh, you see the your activity. So I want to thank you again for joining us. It was extremely interesting. I loved it, and um, and I'll be happy to see you live soon.
0: <laughs> Whatever you need and whenever you need. if We can promote and help the food tech uh, revolution in its early stages, so it's just beginning, uh, yes, um, and totally. I'm, I'm game. Thank you. Thank you,
2: thank you so you much very for much being me. with yeah. us. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Carmito and Miravo and hosting Nadav Berger in Food Tech Stars in collaboration with Food FM Radio. Thank you. Thank you for joining us.
1: To find out more about Food FM and our content, go to foodfmradio.com.